All right, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. Um, we're going to touch on some interesting subjects this time. So this is going to be one of those pie in the sky ones, so we'll see where it goes. But before we head on into it, we're going to do our usual. My Linda is going to lead us in what's in our cups tonight. Hello. So tonight I am drinking my Kava Kava stress tea again <laughs> because it's so yummy. We talked about that last week. But um, for this week, I am talking about lemongrass. And lemongrass, it kind of reminded me of summer. I was thinking about lemonade. Don't try to figure out my brain because <laughs> I don't know where I was going with it. But I was just like, hmm. Um, lemongrass is actually good for a lot of different things. It's, um, a lot of people don't know it's actually a good insect repellent. You can use it if you grow it, like in your garden. It's one of those big shrubs. You've, you'd be familiar with it if you saw it. But um, it's good for mosquitoes, which, you know, in Florida, um, we really need it. And yeah, we have the ones that pick you up and carry you from place to place. Basically, basically. So um, it's really, you know, it's really good for all of that. Um, and you can make different sprays. You can do different things like that. If you want to do sprays, you can do little citronella type candles with lemongrass in it and do oils and things like that. So that was interesting. Um, now, as far as the health benefits, there's actually quite a few medicinal benefits. And um, what's really interesting is the Chinese have been using it for, of course, hundreds of years. Uh, for different medicinal things, and you can also cook with it. Oh. Um, the stalks are used for fragrance, and they're inedible, but you can use it in, like, stir fries um, and curry. It's used in soups for, like, flavorings. Um, and then the, I think that was the stalks, and then the ends you can use in, like, teas and other you can use in soups and things like that. Um, so it's good to relieve. Um, several studies have proven how lemongrass tea can help relieve abdominal issues like stomach cramps and pain, blood pressure. So I'm going to start shoveling it down Mike's throat. <laughs> um, <laughs> cough, cold, and even exhaustion. So I'm going to start shoveling it down my throat as well. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, well, n probably not, but jokes aside. Um, lemongrass essential oil is particularly used to treat muscle pain um, upon inhalation, which I thought was interesting. The plant is also used in foods and beverages as a flavoring, just as we discussed. Um, there's also several other ways the plant is utilized, um, but we're going to go over some of the health benefits. So it aids in weight loss because it has the ability to lower blood sugar. Um, so it's a good supplemental to also treat diabetes, which so another reason I'm going to give it to Mike. Um, it also benefit, um, the tea benefits also include immunity against hypertension and cancer as well. And it also boosts the health of your skin and hair. Um, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and the way that it helps, it elaborates a little bit more on the weight loss. So the tea also helps with weight loss because it fills you up, preventing you from overeating. Sipping it during the day can also, it just repeats itself, overeating. The tea contains um, polyphenols that are found to increase energy expenditure and fat oxidation, thereby contributing to weight loss. It can also be used for detox, and this kickstarts your metabolism, therefore aiding in weight loss. And since lemongrass tea is a natural diuretic, drinking enough of it can help you drop some water weight. So that's really, I mean, my boss, um, he lived in Africa for quite some time and his mother had planted lemongrass around their property mm -hmm. and we bought a warehouse about a year ago and he keeps telling me, you know, he's going to put raised gardens in and, uh, so we were talking about the herbs we were going to plant, rosemary and stuff. And he said, well, if you plant lemongrass, he said, I'll make lemongrass tea. We thought he was joking because he was telling us how good it, how good it tastes. Not, yeah. doesn't know any of this. I can't wait to go in tomorrow and say, hey, dude, you really need to start doing yeah. it. Do it right now. Do it now so we can have some. That's interesting. I didn't realize it had all those health benefits. I, I know. I, I knew thought it was good for cooking, but. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then it just goes um, a little bit in more detail. So I'm basically just going to go into a little bit more specifics about like the blood pressure and the diabetes because it goes into a little bit more detail, um, kind of like it did for the weight loss. But um, for the diabetes, is, lemongrass tea, it shows can lower blood sugar levels. Um, consult your doctor, of course, if you're already on diabetes medication. We all know um, studies shown that it can improve fasting blood glucose levels, which, oh my gosh, I'm so going to ask his doctor about this because his fasting, when he checks in the morning, we are having a hard time getting down. So, yeah. and he's fine. Like his average has been good throughout the day, but that we're trying to get that fasting one down in the morning and we're having such a hard time. So I'm going to ask about this lemongrass. Um, it also, again, works as a detox, so it can purify your pancreas and improve its functionality. Um, it which helps with diabetes. Right, because it produces insulin. Um, so studies have dubbed lemongrass as a traditional remedy for hypertension. Another study conducted in 2012 found that intake of lemongrass tea can cause a moderate drop in blood pressure levels. Um Results that are much better when compared to green tea intake, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, because green tea is touted as yeah, cure all. Yeah, and then it says, of course, um, individuals with heart problems use lemongrass tea with caution for the very same reason. But I thought that was interesting because I was like, wow, over green tea, like, yeah, okay, tea was watch out, lemongrass. Yeah, so <laughs> like, they tell you what kind of tea to mix it with, like green, white, or, or black? No, it didn't, um, it didn't specify that. It didn't specify. I don't. I don't know that that matters because I think you're still getting the benefit. I, or you just steep the lemongrass in boiling water. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if you're going to make green tea mm -hmm. and you put the lemongrass in the green tea on top of the green tea, that that will probably just double the benefit. Yeah, yeah, well, not, yeah give you a, a more beneficial. Yeah, I would think so. Just in like black tea. 
Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely. You know, uh, you take that during the summertime, you could suck that down all day long. Heck yeah. I know in the summer I go through. Lemongrass iced tea. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, it, yes. And it says um, it helps fight cancer. Lab studies have shown that lemongrass extract can inhibit the early phases of cancer, especially that of the liver. One compound in lemongrass called citral um, was found to induce cell death in the case of breast cancer. Studies have also shown how lemongrass extracts can be a non-toxic alternative to cancer treatments. Some sources say that lemongrass also helps treat prostate cancer, although concrete research is lacking. Um, it improves di digestive health. It works well as an alternative remedy for stomach cramping, upset stomach, and other digestive issues. Studies have shown that lemongrass can be effective in treating gastric ulcers. Um, lemongrass essential oil can also help protect the stomach, li stomach lining from aspirin. Oh, wow. So you take aspirin, um, you know, a little sure. aspirin every day if you have... I my brain is going like exploding because now Mike has to take an aspirin every single day and like the highest dose there is of aspirin. Oh, every that'll tear his stomach up quick. I know. You oh know, I'm just thinking if you made. I'm so excited about lemongrass. A though. gallon of lemongrass tea. Yeah. And just everybody drank that instead of like regular tea in your I know. Tea in your house. Just, and you it's, know, it's amazing how moms can change a diet. I know. Well, and for those of you that don't know, regular use of aspirin can deteriorate the stomach lining um, and cause gastric ulcers. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't even, I can't take NSAIDs myself because I've had a stomach surgery. Um, so I, I cannot take NSAIDs. Well, any um, prolonged period of time that you're taking those um, NSAIDs or mm -hmm. Celebrex or aspirin or any of that stuff it it will just tear your it tears your stomach up and also tears your esophagus up esophagus yeah mm -hmm. and that's where you go into throat cancer yeah um it's also enhances kidney function so it works as a good t detox again bringing it brings up detox a lot which we could all use every now and again um it can help cleanse the kidneys as well this might invariably improve their functioning it promotes deep sleep. Oh, girl, I think I'm going to go out and get me some lemongrass. I know, right? We just need to like, oh, I'm excited. I'm really it's, now I got to jump at my boss because. Um, I know. Tell him I want like a, a haystack of lemongrass when he's I, done. You know, I'm like, we need. To I want to, I want to, I want a hay bale of lemongrass, a bale of lemongrass. Um, it says it has a calming effect, which can aid deep sleep. It can also help relieve insomnia and irritability. Well, shit, I need that. Well, I am girl, I'm as a mofo. I mean, I take all this medication to go to sleep. I, I really yeah. do because yeah. I don't sleep. Me too. Me too. So, and this could... it says this is especially true with lemongrass oil. Oil. So you could probably put like lemongrass oil in a bath before night, 
you could probably do it um, in your face soap before you go in to your sleep. Yep, or you can do it in a mist and spray your pillows. You can do it um, if you dilute it. I know for like peppermint oil, I'll dilute it a little bit with like coconut oil or something and put it on my temples when I have a headache. So oh, maybe yeah. maybe you can do the same for the lemongrass and promote the sleep that way, like inhale it maybe. Yeah. Like therapy uh, His butt needs to get out there and get those raised yeah. gardens so we can get that lemongrass in. I know, right? Um, it also treats yeast infections. I mean, this is really? like, a, yeah. How do you treat the yeast infections? So it says lemongrass oil, again, oil contains the citral and lemonine. Lemonine is also found in cannabis. It's one of the terpenes that is found in cannabis. It's terpenes, as we said in a previous episode, is found in pl all plants. It's part of the plant. Um, but lemonine, you might have heard us talk. It's a lemon. Um, two important compounds that prevent the growth of bacteria and fungi. The oil possesses antibiotic-like effects, which help treat yeast infections. One Brazilian study talks about the antifungal activity of lemongrass and how it can help treat candida. Um, let me see if it gives a link here. I'm interested in that because yeast infections, as you get older mm -hmm. um, and in the Common. heat, because we live in Florida, mm -hmm. um, yeast infections are very easy to get with us heavier women. Yeah. Um, and you get them very easily in the folds of your skin is basically what it is. It's a perfect place. Right. And I know gold bond powder works miracles. But right. um, I hate going into work smelling like gold bond powder. <laughs> like, it's, it's that old age smell. I just can't do it. Um, but, yeah, a little bit of lemon spritz. If you broke that down and you did like a one to three with a, a nice coconut. Yeah, it says oil. an oil, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, so if I you do know. one to three, if you break it down to where you're making almost like a perfume that you can rub on, if you rub yeah. it on, it would it, take yeah. care of the issue. And I'm sure you could, you know, when I click on the, when I click on the source, it just takes me to like a medical journal that's like a thousand pages so I'm not going to yeah but I mean there you can google it for sure google lemongrass plus that. sign yeast infections You'll yeah get but I mean that just that is I know oh my it's god a, why don't we have it in every garden I know it also reduces anxiety Ooh. same calming effects of lemongrass play a role here too. One, another Brazilian study spoke of how the aroma of lemongrass could be used to reduce anxiety. So same thing we were saying, an oil, a oh. mist. Mm -hmm. You can do the oil and do like your wax warmer. I mean, you could do so many different things. Or your things the oil, the light bulbs. Yeah, exactly. A little uh, terracotta. It can, it can treat headaches. Um, again, lemongrass tea found to treat headaches in ways similar to that of aspirin. And isn't that crazy? So it treats headaches in ways that aspirin does while also help helping prevent injury to your stomach, which aspirin would and cause. It calms you down when you're... Right. Because a lot of times your headaches are from stress. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, so you're calming down on top of it's not like taking an aspirin and aspirin does not calm you down. All it does is right. get rid of the pain and you still have the problem. So you still have exactly. the headache. So it says the tea inhibits the clumping of human blood platelets, thereby treating headaches. This property can be attributed to eugenol, a specific extract found in lemongrass. Lemongrass tea can also combat dehydration. And this oh. can Gosh, we need that in Florida, don't we? I know. And, of course, dehydration can help uh, combat headaches, too, because de dehydration causes headaches. So, oh, yeah. therefore, yeah. since it helps with dehydration, it will also, in turn, help with the headaches. Um, making lemongrass tea a part of your overall fluid intake is a good idea, is what it suggests. Um, and I'm just going to quickly go over some more of these because I also want to talk about the magical... Um, before we get on our main topic here, but it also heals a sore throat because of its antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties. Um, it can decongest your respiratory system. It's also helps stimulate lymph drainage. It treats cough, colds, and allergies. Um, and it might enhance immunity, it says. Improve skin health, which we talked touched on a little bit. It says the essential oil tones your skin and makes it radiant. So we talked about like self-care, pamper. You want to make a little face mask? Yeah. Um, and then it says, again, the lemongrass tea. It's an antiseptic and astringent uh, properties. You can drink the tea or add the essential oil to your shampoos and soaps. And the tea can also sterilize your pores and strengthen your tissues. The citral and lemongrass can also help prevent skin cancer. Oh, girl, I need that, like, now. I know. Um, lemongrass can also treat infections like um, folliculitis and cellulitis, which are caused by bacteria. And being antifungal, the tea can also help treat fungal infections on the skin. And we also oh, talked yeah, about, yeah. Um, but. yeah. Um, and the last thing it talks about is hair health. So it might strengthen your, uh, drinking lemongrass tea might strengthen your hair follicles, thereby preventing hair loss. Um, the essential oil can really do wonders for dandruff. And applying the oil, it said a study showed in a matter of seven days, it was really effective. Um, it can be effective when used daily. You can add a few drops of oil to your shampoo and conditioner. And um, and that's pretty much it on the health. I mean, it, and then it, it gives you like a little thing here to make lemongrass tea. It says four cups of water, two cups of chopped lemongrass stalks. And you can do this particular recipe calls for a quarter cup of sugar. And then you just, in a medium saucepan, boil water over high heat, add the lemongrass stalks, boil for five minutes, and you reduce the heat to low, simmer for five minutes, and then you strain the liquid, separate the stalks, stir the sugar, and you can serve it warm or chilled. So there's your little recipe. Um, that is uh, fascinating because... I know. All of the health benefits are, and my boss. And I know I was talking forever, but I know I was talking forever, but I had to. No, I, no, because it's really great. great because, like, my boss is 
he's been having headaches and stress, you know, work, uh, everything going on. And he's been talking about making, he says, oh, I can make the best lemongrass tea in the world. You know, we're hearing this. You tell him. I'm and then have to hike out to the store and get me some lemongrass and he's going to make some. Well, and then I just spouted off recipe. So you guys go get you some lemongrass and all you need is two cups to make you some tea. Now, there's something they didn't tell you in there. And this is crazy, but it works. Ants follow a trail that's chemically left behind them. That's how all the ants know where your sugar's at. The first mm -hmm. one finds it and all the rest find it. Yeah. I had cats for a long time. And you know, with cats, you can't spray anything because they right. either lick it or they get it on them and they lick it. So, but right. I used to use essential oils. I used bergamot and I used lemongrass mm -hmm. around. I had a windowsill where they used to come in mm -hmm. and that scatters the scent for them. It, it screws up their senses so they can't right. find that trail. But, and we moved into this place in March, in February, I moved in. And April, mm -hmm. I noticed some of these little teeny, teeny, tiny, I don't know what you call them up here, down here. They're, but, ca they're called ghost ants. Uh, we call them piss ants. Yeah, they're so, called ghost ants. They're so tiny, you can barely see them. You know? Yeah. And I don't know, I must have spilled something and there was like a gazillion of them. Mm -hmm. So I wiped everything down. The next day they were back again. So I went, mm, I see it kind of sort of see where they're coming from so i just took the lemongrass oil on my finger don't do that at home please yeah i mess with essential oils i know what i can put on me there's some i can't touch at all and some i know i can so i put a little line and mm -hmm. we haven't seen them since mm -hmm. and it made the kitchen smell really good because it smelled like lemons yeah now speaking of you do want to be careful because when i was researching Lemongrass is one of the things that came up as toxic to cats and dogs. Right. But if you use just a little bit. Yeah. If you put it like out of reach, you know, just being aware. If you do plant it or put it in a garden, just be aware of that. It is. Yeah. So just putting that out there. I was so afraid I was going to forget to say that. I want to say that because, yes, <laughs> you know, chickens love their animals. <laughs> so. Her babies. But yes. I do know with the essential oil, when I put it on the windowsill, the cats, it was so, such a strong, to them, such a strong right. odor that they would not go near it. But it wasn't anything that would really hurt hurt them if they got a little bit on their paw and licked it off. Right, right, yeah. Whereas if you spray the ant killer yeah, um, yeah. and the cats lick that, then you can end up with a very sick cat. Right, right. Excuse me, goodness. Now, we, do we have any magical properties? It's got so many medicinal. Do we yes. have any magical? We do. I'm sorry. I had to get a yawn out. Um, yes. So one of the things, so let me go to the magical. And I'm sorry. I know I told you I was doing my iPad trying to be, you know, more techie these days. Oh. So lemongrass is a masculine plant. Really? Yes. It is um, the element of air. I can see that. Right and ruled by Mercury. Really? That's, yeah. I would and, have never guessed. And, is, um, and then in parentheses for the element, it has fire. That probably has something to do with astrology. 
I only know that my zodiac is Aquarius, you know, my birth month. I have to take Lord Dawn's astrology classes, and I haven't cracked open my second degree. I haven't got there yet in my second degree, so I have no idea the houses. When people start talking about houses and moon signs and sun signs, I'm just like, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. cool, yeah, sure, right. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, February 1st, Aquarius, that's all I know. <laughs> I'll tell you, you do what I did. You meet up with an astrologer and you hang on to him. I've been right. Alan for like 20 years or so. I know. I'm like, I'm going to do And then I'm like, oh, I need my birth certificate because I don't remember my time of birth. And apparently that's pretty important. That's extremely important. But mm-hmm. my friend Alan in Baltimore does wonderful, wonderful, wonderful work. But he really, really works on him. I mean, like, like you get a book when he's yeah. done. And I'm going like... I know. I want it done. And it's only like 20 bucks to get. I think I lost. It's somewhere. It's in a box. I just have um, to. He charges a little bit more, but you really get. No, I'm saying for my birth certificate. Oh, your birth certificate, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's but it's in a box. I don't want to buy it because as, as, as soon as I get a copy, I'll find it. You'll it's, find it. I always do. Because I still haven't unpacked every single thing since we moved. But, um. So, so yeah, and then for the planet, it says Mercury, but then in parentheses, it says Sun. So, again, I'm sure that has something to do with astrology. You got a Sun in its rising house. Yeah, so, whatever. You good. <laughs> I'm glad you understand, and I'm sure some I don't. People... I just hung around Alan so long, I picked okay. up some Good, and I'm sure our audience will understand. Um, so, it's good for clairvoyance. Mm. Contacting other planes, divination, fidelity, honesty, psychic development. Um, so again, if you have it with third eye, and actually, I think it might have been in our third eye. T- oh, I'm trying to. I'm gonna go back. A lemon taste or smell when we like lemon bombers. I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm I'll have go. to look at my third eyes over there. I'll have to. Not so my, third, my third IT is over there. Yeah. <laughs> my third eye, come back. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. Oh my. Mm. Um, don't say funny things. Um, psychic development and growth, strength. Now it says repel snakes. I don't like that so much. I um, mean, if, like, if it's like physically and you have like a poisonous snake. It does, because that's what he told me the reason that they planted it in Africa. He lived in the Gambia in West Africa, and it was to help keep the snakes down because they had a so lot. That's good, I guess. But I've well, really been working with snake energy lately. I have to tell you, it's to amazing keep, things have come to me recently. It's to keep the snake population away from yeah. you. Don't need it. So like, I, literal, literal snakes. Okay, I get yeah, it. actual. You know, like whatever they have over there. Um, because well, that's like here. We have six different kinds of poisonous snakes in Florida alone. Yeah. Uh, well, we got little black ones at work that are underneath the porch. And he was joking that when he plants it, they won't be there anymore because yeah. it repels them. What it does is it moves them to where it's not so populated so they don't get hurt. And if yeah. you look at it that way, um, rather than repelling it, we're just keeping them safer because yeah. it's a good deal at. Out. Right, because they, it's right by my door, and I think it's cool because I go out and I talk to them. But 
Oh, I do too. I there was a snake at my at my job like a couple years ago, and he was just like a garter snake, and I and I was just like he was in a, like a little crack between the concrete, and I was just like, hey, <laughs> and I was just like hanging out. Well, we have a four foot and, and a, I took a picture of them. <laughs> I'll have to take pictures next time because we have a, a four foot and a two foot that live in our little area and you'll see them come out. And I, cause one of the guys was like, Oh my God, there's a snake out there. And he slams the door and I was like, Ooh, and I'm opening the door. And That's how I am. I'm like, where, where? I'm like, it's not going to come in. And if it does, I'll pick it up and take it out. And he's yeah. like, Oh, you touch him. I'm like, Oh, go away. And um, I was talking to it. And then I took my boss's dog out to do her thing. And she found the little two foot one and she was so excited because she gets excited over that and geckos. Oh, she loves geckos. Oh. Um, and I was like, Oh, look at the little snake. And I'm talking to it. And my boss comes out and says, what are you talking? Who are you talking to? The snake that's by your foot. Oh, I told you I have a bumblebee friend. So that visits me. Hey, and I finally, he was coming around all the time and I felt so bad. I was like, okay, I'm going to get you some hanging plants that are pollinator and I finally got them and I haven't seen him. And I'm like, WTF, friend, where are you? <laughs> Don't forget to put out a little dish of water with marbles in it so they can drink because they'll yes. sit on the marbles yep. and they'll be able to drink without getting soaked. Getting drowned, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so repel snakes, it's also good for lust. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Is that a good thing to drink at work? <laughs> <laughs> And psychic powers. I really like the psychic power part on that because yeah. lemongrass is a tea I know I can drink because I love lemon in my iced tea. That's yeah, yeah. what makes iced tea. And to have that, it just makes it like that much better. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, it goes along with, you know, it says contacting other planes, clairvoyance, psychic development, and that's, growth. It all goes along with all it. all goes so. together hand in hand. So that sounds like, I mean, I can't believe it does all that stuff. I have got to go into work and tell my boss this because he literally is going through some stuff. And I know he's a little stressed and, you right. know, you kind of, he's a lot younger than I am. So I'm kind of like mom and, him, you know, mothering him, which I probably shouldn't do, but I do. But you know, even if we just make a couple pictures to have here at home and at work. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to be yeah. a great thing. And then so the other thing. Yeah. Um, a crafting thing that you can do, a magical craft you can do. It says you can do use lemongrass as a magical floor sweep to rid your home of negative vibes. Oh, can you imagine your floor after you do that? Oh, yeah. Mm. I have that. You do like a little bit of smudgy smudgy and a little bit of sweepy sweepy. Ooh. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I have like concrete floors that have those specks in it. What's it oh, called? Trap, trapezine? Trap Girl, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but you know what I'm talking about. They're I know what you're talking about. And they're really pretty, and they got different colors in it. I mm -hmm. and I love it because it keeps the house so cool because it's it does, yeah. And we I've done different sweeps through here, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking now that might be a heck of a good sweep to do because I can just imagine that lemony 
Yep. And lemon has a clean smell to it. It, it, it does. Yeah. That's why it's in all the cleaning stuff. Yeah, and it's even the Clorox mm -hmm. wipes now come in lemon scent. Yep, Mr. Clean. And it's just all. <laughs> yeah, really, they all do. And it's just such a clean. That's probably why they're telling you it's such a relaxing. Because when you're, okay, this is a woman thing, I know. When your house smells clean, you, mm -hmm. it's comforting. Because it smells. Oh, my kids the same way. Like when we use, car you know, the carpet fresh powder stuff. And we vacuum, even stuff like that. It's like, ha. Ah. You know, or I don't feel like crumbs that the kids put on the floor, you know, on my feet, bare feet. And, you know, just stuff like that. It's like, ah, oh, it feels so nice or it smells good or like a, like a fresh incense and or, you know, it just it feels it good. It's it energy. euphoric feeling. That's why that's why we've talked about, you know, the spring cleaning being important because you get rid of that clutter it does help with that emotional aspect. It does help with the, you know, that decluttering of the mind as well. It's all connected. Get so baggage both places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now it says you can also burn or carry um, a satchel of lemongrass when you are looking to remove or get through obstacles in your life. Even just carrying that smells good. I mean, just about yeah. carrying that lemon scent with you. I just, know. You know. And it says, lemongrass is said to bring luck and ward off evil for those who are around it. With oh, high... It's definitely uh, getting planted in my yard. I know, I know. With high spiritual vibrations and its cleansing properties, lemongrass has become an important ingredient with any spells or magic Concerning road opening and path renewal. Wow, path renewal. I know. I'm thinking lustration, October. Mm -hmm. We get us some lemongrass, girl. I'll bring lemongrass to to the October. Lustration. Yeah, I was I like that would be really good just to throw in the campfire. Yeah. I was thinking like, what, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, see, I have a huge rosemary plant. I, I bought a little rosemary plant. My roommate has a green thumb. My little rosemary plant, which was only like this big, you know, because I bought it in at Home Depot, mm -hmm. you know, and it's only like yay big. It is now like, like, yeah. Huge. And I'm telling everybody, please come over and get some. Please pinch some off because I got to get it back down again. Because it's oh, gone. you can certainly bring some next time you come over. Well, girl, I will strip that thing and bring you over some. Because the other night when I did ritual during the week, we had um, litha, and we did the burning of the um, anise, cinnamon, and rosemary for mm -hmm. the different properties and I went out I, I have these beautiful little jars my altars right in in there you know these little jars this is anise you know oh, yeah. and I have the cinnamon stick and mm -hmm. then I have this clump of rosemary laying on the altar <laughs> and I I had to to preface it and explain this is from my garden <laughs> Oh and it wasn't funny. even dry. I literally went out and pinched it off right before. That's like, so funny. Please burn. Please burn because it was so green. Oh, but my gosh. That's funny. I love to cook. I'm Italian, of course. So me cooking right. with rosemary is like cooking with olive oil. It's a thing you do. And right. when you're using the 
fresh stuff. Oh my gosh, it is like, mm. So I'm thinking I have to go to the nursery now and pick up some lemongrass and start planting it. Um, yeah. they, have, they have a mosquito plant here that's supposed to repel mosquitoes and it has a lemony scent to it, but it's not lemongrass, it actually has leaves. But oh. it has uh, a lemony scent to the actual plant. Well, I had mentioned citronella earlier, and I I was not trying to be rude. I was looking down because I, I found another source. I wanted to touch on a few other things before we get to our main topic. But um, it says citronella oil is actually produced from a species of lemongrass. I go. had no idea. I was I like, no idea, really? Yeah. And then it also says it, lemongrass can grow up to one and a half meters high. Which holy a crap meter is like three feet, three feet, just right? over three feet. Yeah, just, it's a little bit bigger than our yard. So we're talking what, like what almost as tall about? as us, because you and I are short. Wait, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, we're the, we're in the five foot club. Yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> Christ, the citronella. But I mean, I didn't know it was made from a lemongrass. Who who would have thought? Because it doesn't really smell lemony, I don't think. Okay, I'm not going nuts. Okay, yeah, it's a little over three feet. I'm like, then I started, I then I started thinking about a yard and confusing myself. No, okay, so yeah, it's about. What's it? Three and a half feet, four feet. Yeah, so four and a half to five feet they can get. Okay, so we're in the five foot club, so it's as tall as us. About I'm but yeah. You know I'm what? That would look like one of those um, ornamental grasses that you buy and plant in your yard. You know, you spend a fortune for, and they're very expensive. Yeah, they're and they're all grass. over. They're all over but here. Could you imagine planting lemongrass instead? Mm -hmm. That would keep all yeah. the bugs down. Yeah, you have all of those wonderful qualities that you could go out there and snip some off and use it. I mean, just think about that. I know. My ass, my butt's going. That's it. This weekend, we're going yep. to wherever I, t I have to find a nursery that has it. I'll, I'll start calling tomorrow. So a few, another thing that I thought was cool. It says um, you can use it to promote. So a couple of the magical things you can use it to promote openness to new ideas or people. Um, it says. It's great for providing some magical help if you struggle with communication, and it's thought to attract fairies, which I thought we would. Oh, like. that's definitely going in my yard. Yeah, fairy area. That's. I mean, that is some powerful stuff from one plant. You know, if if Western medicine could could catch up to what I know, you know, we had back in the day. Um, we might actually live longer. <laughs> I know. Um, there are so many things that we've lost over the centuries that could, because medicine took over and the pharmaceutical companies took over. But just think about the natural stuff that grows. I mean, we can plant this outside, sit outside, not have the bugs eat you alive, because I swear to goodness, it's oh, like getting definitely. a pint of blood going outside some evenings. I know. Now, fortunately, you know where I live, we have that breeze all the time. So, but we still get ate up on yeah, occasion. Yeah, I know. And I'm thinking if we put some nice planters out back with some lemongrass growing in it, it would really benefit.
not just our backyard, but making the iced tea and all the crap with it that we can. I mean, goodness. Right. I didn't realize it had that many properties. I know. And so you can also um, use incense to cleanse your space. Oh, what happened? Cleanse your space as well as enhancing mental clarity, focus, and awareness. Um, and then the deities associated with it, which I didn't mention these on the other thing I was looking at, was Hermes, Diana, and Artemis. It only mentions the Greek. It didn't mention any other pantheons in this source. Well, um, you can take those and... Yeah, and kind of... So, right. Um, and then the crystals associated with it are Zoltanite, which Miranda's probably heard of. I've not heard of that, so I'll have to look that up. Turquoise and Celestine. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Well, we so that is lemongrass. We have Miranda on speed dial, so we can just, you know, and... <laughs> yeah. That's our... our Oh, really quickly though, historically it was used for its oils. During the 17th century, it was distilled and shipped around the world as part of the perfume industry. At the time, there was very little access to personal hygiene facilities, which meant that anyone who considered their, themselves of a higher class would anoint themselves with scented oils in an attempt to cover up their own smell. Lemongrass was one of the most popular scents, though few could afford it due to its high price. That is cool. That is, lemongrass is badass. I'm telling you, everybody needs to grow lemongrass. And here, you know, I pick, when I pick our teas, I purposely, do, I purposely don't research a whole ton about it beforehand because I want to, like, be surprised, like, while we're recording. <laughs> I know. Well, no, it, it makes it that much better because we're, we're all learning now. If, yeah. if you were all knowledgeable, it wouldn't be any fun. But mm -hmm. I mean, even when we went to the to the um, herb store and we bought all those herbs, we still didn't know half of what they did until we got them home and looked them up. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I just, I've got a, an overglut of herbs that I'm going to bring the next time I come down and share with my fellow um, pagans because I have so much. Um, I want it used before it goes bad. Yeah, exactly. Now it says um, it's one of the most popular medicinal plants in Brazil and many Amazon, uh, many in the Amazon regarding it's a wonderful sedative. Um, today, India is the world's largest producer of lemongrass harvesting and distributing around 80% of the world's supply. Wow. I'm wondering if Deej knows about that. Yeah, it does say... Because um, he's going down that way. It does say there's about 55 other species of grasses in the family. Of wow. And it says it's known as a West Indian grass, West the most common form of lemon, lemongrass. It's a tropical plant which is native to... Island Southeast Asia, but has been introduced to many other tropical regions, including South and Central America. So well, I know growing it here, um, it will survive. Um, and we're like mid, I'm mid Florida. You're Northern Florida. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of mid Florida. So I'm I know that minutes to Georgia. Yeah. You're, you're up more north than I am. I'm a little bit more right. south. 
but I know that here it grows well because when my boss was talking about, when we were looking at what we were going to plant, because he had these visions, um, we're going to do raised gardens out back so that we would have a little herbs and also like we were going to grow some mosquito plants and that kind of stuff because in a warehouse you do have the bay doors opening and closing consistently so it's like every time you open it a million bugs come in of course right and there's nothing you can do i mean we have mosquitoes and flies so you know it, it, at times it's very irritating this yeah. is lemongrass you've probably seen it around everywhere and not even known what it was right that, i mean that growing in your yard looks nice i know it's i mean those um what they call you know the different ornamental grasses are very expensive oh my goodness oh yeah they are oh you're like going really for grass um and it's not that kind of grass guys <laughs> that right. we wouldn't mind paying for but you know this is grass grass yeah so, i mean you can start it off in a little oh my gosh can you imagine grow that in your kitchen along with your aloe yep just like anything else oh but, i am i could so go nervous. on i can go on and on but we need to get to our topic but we need to get some lemongrass first because that i mean just the idea of all that wonderful good stuff i mean i'm thinking iced tea with lemongrass in it because I make iced tea in the summer and I throw lemons in it. So why don't I just throw lemongrass in it? Yeah. Have the same taste, but all of those wonderful, wonderful qualities and actually do something healthy for my body other than, you know, the Twinkies that I eat. Mm -hmm. And if they're deep fried, they're even better. Um, <laughs> you can tell where my heart is. I still have yet to try a deep fried Twinkie, but I'm sure it would be oh, like music. Like I just feel like rainbows would come out of the sky and unicorn. I would probably unicorn be unicorn farts. I mean, yeah. why did you say that? Damn it. Now that's going to be all I think about for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, where can I get I'm going to be like, where can I get a deep fried Twinkie right now? And I just lost eight pounds. I I don't need that, right? I don't need that in my life. My son used to joke about, you know, mom knew all the comfort foods, you know, because yeah. if certain almost every culture is surrounded by food, um, yeah. and food is more than just sustenance. It is yeah. actually who you are, and. Mm -hmm. My son used to always joke about never trust a skinny chef and stuff like that because <laughs> mom was a big girl, you know. Right, right. So he always used to joke about that. And he's like, yeah, my mom knows the best food around. Look how big she is. Thank you, son, I think. And those I compliments are always the best. They but, are. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, comfort food person. I was just telling you, I, I make nachi over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to have my comfort food. But um, our main topic tonight is an interesting topic. We have 4th of July, yay, um, our independence. Um, and that brings up a lot of questions for a lot of people because my mom became, as she calls it, a natural citizen. Um, the word naturalized does not translate, just to let y'all know. In most languages, it will not translate. So what translates is natural. So my mother was a natural citizen. Um, after a while, you just learn not to correct them anymore. You just like go, oh, right. God, is she doing that again? Um, 
contradictory, but that's okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it does. Because right. as I've said before, words do not translate. Exactly. But, um, she became an American citizen um, at the time, back in the day, when you had to give up your citizenship to another country. So she gave up her dual citizenship to become an American citizen, which was kind of pretty awesome. And that involved a lot of different things. Um, you had to be here so long, you had to take a test, and she probably knows more about the Constitution than most Americans did. But we were founded on religious freedom, and a lot of people don't understand that, that when the Puritans, pilgrims, whatever you want to call them, came over. They left England because at the time they felt England was a little too risque in their moral laws. So mm -hmm. they left to start a country where they would be very, very strict. Now, out of that came the pilgrims who came to America and started. From that, there were a couple different religious groups that have come and gone since then. One of them was the Shakers. And you'll see shaker furniture, and it's usually around Pennsylvania, Maryland. It's along the eastern seaboard, and it's called shaker furniture. And you might see it um, advertised in different magazines and such. The shakers were actually a religious group, and their claim to fame, there was two things that they were famous for. One, um, they did not believe in sex. They would come together at their Sunday meetings, and they would literally shake to release any sexual tension and energy that they had. They were also the first people who took in orphans. And up oh. until 1940s, all the orphanages were run by the Shakers. And in mm -hmm. the 1940s was when the American government came in and started taking over the orphanages. So when that happened, they kind of died out since they didn't have sex and didn't procreate. Their thing right. was to take the children that were already here and care right. for them. So, I mean, that was a, that's a really big thing when you think about uh, Yeah, that's good. I feel bad about my thumbs down. <laughs> but, I mean, they just didn't believe in sex. So, shakers, yeah. they actually went out and shake. So, when you look at why we were founded, we were founded because people wanted to be free. Now, let me preface this because a lot of Americans do not understand that when a king takes over a country, when a new king is brought in and comes in, he can bring in whatever religion he wants. And at that point, whatever was practiced prior to that is no longer allowed. So depending upon what your king was, was how your country was treated. And the last country to actually um, accept Catholicism was Lithuania in the 1700s. And King Mundingus, and I know I, I slaughtered that really well, and I'll hear about that tomorrow at work because my boss is Lithuanian. So he would say, yeah, did it wrong again. Um, he came in in the 1700s and brought Catholicism to Lithuania, and that was the last European country to accept anything other than paganism. So um, they still have little villages that still, just like everywhere else, they have people that still practice. But when they came to America, it was religious freedom. And the country was founded on the fact that we could practice whatever we want as long as it didn't in any way injure or, you know, make any bad moves towards any other religion. And Thomas Jefferson and all of the founding fathers 
most of them did not use the Bible to swear on. They used other works of literature because they did not want the Bible associated with the government, therefore the separation of church and state. And what people have a hard time understanding, and if you've never been in a European country and been told your religion is no longer associated with that country and you can't practice it anymore, we've got all the goods on that. We practice whatever we want to practice. The question has come up many times because Wicca, witchcraft, paganism was never really accepted in America until after 1973 when the first pagan group went in and became a 501c3. That is the blessing, as we call it, by the federal government to allow you to exist. That is your nonprofit status, and it's a nonprofit religion. So whether you want to believe it or not, because a lot of pagans are like, oh, we don't have a religion, we have a spiritual path. No, you actually have a religion, dude, because that's how it works here. So with that came a lot of unusual things that happened. Because first of all, you have to explain that, yes, you are real religion, and yes, you really do have rights. Um, my oldest was born in the 70s. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Because people are doing the math now. Um, Stop it. Everyone loves you. I know. I'm just, it's just funny when I say my age, people just look at me like, really? Um, But when she was going to school, there was no way to do this because it was so new. Um, It wasn't, they weren't sure what to do with it. The Aquarian Tabernacle and Circle Sanctuary were one of the first couple of groups, they were the first two groups to really gain um, acceptance. Now, the Witches' Council of 1974 came together and they per- gave us a proclamation of guess how many laws? 13, woohoo. Um, that was done, this, that was done <laughs> specifically for that. But it comes to pass is what are your religious rights? In America now we're celebrating the 4th of July which is the freedom of our country and that country was built on the freedom of religion that was the whole reason these people left England was because they were tired of being prosecuted they were tired of being treated like crap they got on their little boats and they sailed their butts over here now granted a lot of them came over to see how much money they could make and to see how much they could steal barter and whatever else but the premise was religious freedom So when you start talking about that, what is actual religious freedom? Um, I'm going to hit on a couple of high, I guess, high interest notes. Number one, if you are clergy, and that means if you are ordained clergy, and that could be from any religious path, most of the times you're only going to be accepted if your ordination comes from a 501c3. And that's Mm -hmm. because you've already proven to the federal government that you are a religion. So you've already got a proven path so that you say, oh yeah, I'm a 501c3, you know, they granted me this, so I'm clergy. The Catholic Church has a 501c3. So that puts you on the same foot level with any minister or priest in any major religion if you are ordained by a 501c3. And the reason that was is important is because it's already a proven. 
You've mm -hmm. proved it already. So it's no problem. We are, the Corellians are a 501c3. You see it on all of our paperwork because everybody goes, well, what does that mean? That means that we went through the steps and all the accounting. And let me tell you, that accounting is a freaking nightmare. Yes. Go through all of the accounting and all of the laws and you prove who you are. Once you prove it, you're granted that. Now, there are rules and regulations every year that you have to follow in order to keep your 501c3. So when the Corellian tradition says we need your, your um, temple reports, your shrine reports, and all that good stuff, it's not because they need them. They need them for the government, so the government keeps our 501c3. So for all of you guys out there that have temples, proto-temples, shrines, and all of that other good stuff that we or have, the reason behind those reports is to keep us in the good because we yeah. want to make sure we keep that. Now, what does that mean to you as an individual? If you're clergy ordained and you are in a state and you need to prove your ordination, that's what you do. You have, right. your, or, you have your ordination papers. Now, we still give those out if you need them. If you don't need them, some states don't require them. Some do. So if you're in a state that requires them, please get in contact with somebody in the Corellian tradition um, and they can help you get your ordination papers if you need them to prove who you are. But that allows you to do marriages and funerals and wickenings. I'm going to head on that for a minute. Do you know what a wickening is? Yes. Don't. A wickening is a baptism. Yep, it's exactly. And did you know that if you fill out the forms correctly, and Lord Don has made some awesome, awesome forms. I mean, they're beautiful. They're hand-drawn, and oh, God, they'll take your breath away. Um, if you use those, those could actually be used just like any baptismal papers to get your child enrolled in school. Yep, exactly. So as clergy filling those out, I encourage everyone who is a, an ordained minister in the tradition, go to your state, find out what is needed for you to make sure that when you fill out the paperwork that it is acceptable because right. weddings are one thing, funerals are another, wickedings are another. Right. So you have to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, as a mom, as a parent, what does that mean? That means I can pull my kids out on their religious holidays. Is there a problem? There can be. Right. You have to, one, prove that that's who you are because you could claim to be Jewish and taking your kids out for, you know, Purim or something. Right. Um, you have to make sure this is where it becomes a decision. Is this going to be your life path or is this just a fun thing that you want to do? Or are you going to indoctrinate your children as a mom, grandmom and great grandmom? I'm proud to say I have four generations of witches. My children could not be pulled out except for the youngest because until that point in time, it was not accepted. And right. it was such an effort to have it happen. Now with my granddaughters, my daughter could pull them out for their holidays and say, oh, excuse me, 501c3, 
Hello. Mm -hmm. And you can pull them out for the holidays. The problem is you have to make sure that that's the religion that you claim, either right. Wiccan, pagan, witch, however you want to describe yourself, you need to make sure that you have a 501c3 behind you. The Corellian tradition is a 501c3. So when you go to the hospital, you do not claim to be whatever. Um, I normally put on my hospital records pagan because that kind of leaves it open because they get confused after that. Because <laughs> most people are not aware. Let's be honest, they're not. Now, they are more aware in the last couple of years because we've had Charmed, we've had the new Bewitched, we've had right. the new Charmed, all of this good stuff. When you go to the hospital and you write that on your paperwork, that means if you are in need of a priest or priestess to come in and see you and visit you, you need to make them aware of that. You also need to make them aware of who in the area can come see you because not every group has chaplains. I served as a chaplain in Maryland for many years with three different hospitals as pagan clergy. Right. I also served as clergy for Fort Meade. So I did military clergy. You have to make it very clear to the hospital who you are. The, the best story I have is I put on my little thing, Pagan, and they sent this little girl into me. We used to call them candy stripers. They're not called that anymore, but it, it's mm -hmm. the same thing. And yeah. she's like, do you have any dietary constrictions for your religion? I guess they've never seen it before. And mm -hmm. my mouth <laughs> says, good food. She writes it down, good food. And she walks out to the front. I knew when she hit the front desk because I heard the howls of laughter. Oh um, it was said as a joke. The nurse eventually came in and was laughing and says, seriously. And I'm like, seriously, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but you have to remember how you claim yourself in every part of your life is who you are. Right. You go to the hospital, you have to claim it on your doctor's records. You need to claim it because if it comes to an end of life situation, mm -hmm. they have to know what your wishes are. And right. if your children are not practicing in your faith, you have to make it very clear to the hospital. This is what you want. I preface that by saying um, my boyfriend who passed um, was pagan. He was Corellian. He was a third degree and he had one son that was Muslim and another son who was Christian. So they were like, mm, we want, and I'm like, your father's wishes are this. Yeah. So you have to make it clear what you want. Once you decide in your life to do it, then your children follow suit. Now, what rights do you have at work? So it depends on the job and it depends on your state so you do have protections of course against discrimination and harassment that's but on a federal level that's on a federal level absolutely when it comes to things like days off for holidays and things like that you can request those days off but they have 
it has to not impose on business practices or it has to not affect business structure. There's all this literature that is on the... Um, At human resources. Legally, human resources cannot stop you from taking your holidays off if you 100% walk the path. You can't take Christmas off. So if they ask you to come in and work on Christmas because you celebrate Yule, your butt has to go in and work on Christmas. Federal law states you cannot take off more holidays than what your chosen path is. If you are Jewish, you can take off for Hanukkah. You cannot take off for Christmas. Right. But, that, but we're talking about two different things. So I'm looking here at... The EEOC.gov, so this is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is what we're talking about, the federal website, mm -hmm. and this is where I'm pulling it from. Um, this has to do with religious discrimination and work situations. So um, it says, the law forbids discrimination when it comes to any aspect of employment, including hiring, firing, job, pay, uh, excuse me, pay, job assignments, promotions, layoff, training, fringe benefits, and other term or condition of employment. Now, of course, you have the at-will states, which are a whole other ballgame. Um, it is illegal to harass a person because of his or her religion. Harassment can include, for example, offensive remarks about a person's religious beliefs or practices. Although the law doesn't prohibit sim simple teasing, Offhand comments or isolated incidences that aren't very serious. Harassment is legal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment or when it results in an adverse employment decision, such as the victim being fired or demoted. Now, that means if someone comes in at Halloween and makes the remark that you're the local witch, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But if they come in daily and bring a broom in every day and show you, oh, is this your way to go home? Right. Harassment. Exactly. Now, you can take your days off. This is an ex excellent, excellent. I remember, in fact, I wish every pagan had this on their I got to get that. It's in my wish list. It is it. a phenomenal, phenomenal book. And we actually, our group has access to the author. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting it out there. It's called Pagans in the Law. It's by Dana Eilers. And I'm going to hold it up so you can see the author. And it's called Pagans in the Law. And federally, you can take off for your holidays. Now, how does that work? You put in for those holidays off, just like any Jew would put in for a holiday off that's not a Christian holiday. But the flip side is they can ask you to work those Christian holidays. I worked at the Baltimore Jewish Times. They gave us the Jewish holidays off, obviously, because this shop shut down. Now, when it came to my holidays, I had a choice. I could take those off, too. It was offered to me with pay, depending upon how many I needed to take. Now, this is when you got to make your decision. 90% of our rituals happen at night. Um, mm -hmm. They do not happen at midnight. They usually happen around 8 or 9 o'clock. So you're usually home by 10 or 11, so you can get up and go to work the next morning. Right. 
there are certain holidays that you might want to spend a little bit longer at, such as Samhain, which is our biggest major holiday. You may want to take the next day off because Samhain can be a very draining experience for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do that, you need to let your employer know, not the day before, you yeah. need to give them at least two weeks notice, I need this day off for a holiday ritual. Now, it depends on where you work, how well that's going to be taken. You have to make the decision if you're going to fight it. Okay. And if you're right, the only thing that protects you, what I was trying to talk about earlier was it's the religious discrimination and reasonable accommodation. It says the law requires an employer or other covered entity to reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices unless doing so would cause more than a minimal burden on the operations of the employer's business. This means an employer may be required to make reasonable adjustments to the work environment that will allow an employee to practice his or her religion. Example of some common religious accommodations include flexible scheduling, voluntary shift substitutions or swaps, job reassignments and modifications to workplace policies or practices. Now, and then if you're Muslim, you need to pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. They have to allow you an area where you can lay down your prayer rug, kneel, and do your prayers. Right. At those times of the day. Would it in, in any way impact an employer? It can. Because you're away from your desk for whatever period of time it takes you to say your prayers. So there is an impact. Is your employer able to do that? If you're really small operations, like two or three people, that might not happen. Right. Just like, you know, days off or someone getting sick. If you're in a small shop now, most of my jobs over the last 45, 50 years have been with small companies. I, I don't like corporate. I'll tell you that now. I don't like corporate. I don't fit well. Yes, yeah, I've, I've been with corporate. And you've been with corporate forever. So I've worked a little small mom and pop sh shop. So corporate is a whole other ballgame. Right. And if I look at it and think, well, my boss can do without me for a couple of hours, the day after Samhain, November 1st, I'll say, hey, I'm coming. I would tell him ahead of time, I'm coming in half a day. So I'll yeah. come in about noon because I'm going to be up till two or three o'clock in the morning doing ritual or, or right. getting, getting together after ritual. For the energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm well, saying, getting says, myself together. So I would yeah. take half a day and come in. Would it impact my employer? Yeah. Because we're a small shop. Right. Is it inconceivable? No. If I call right. in sick for the whole day, you know, can they dock your pay? No. It says, um, unless it would be an undue hardship on the employer's operation of its business, an employer must reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices. This applies not only to schedule changes or leave for religious observances, but also to such things as dress or grooming practices that an employee has for religious reasons. Um, and of course we know that now with corporate jobs, um, what they consider accommodating, uh, 
schedule changes or leave for religious observance is using vacation or sick time or personal days, which you have to schedule um, vacation and it has to be available. And of course, to schedule a personal or a sick day, you would have to have that available. So if you're out of sick time, you're SOL. And most um, employers, even if it's corporate, if you tell them it's for a religious day, they'll schedule you off. You can also recoup that day because a lot of them will not mark it as a vacation day or a day off. A lot of them do understand. Um, not in corporate. <laughs> well, some corporates do because I know that IBM does. Yeah. Mo yeah. They run into too many lawsuits. They're really good about letting you off. Um, and You've got to remember, too, you can't come up to the boss at the last second and say, oh, by the way, I need tomorrow off. we got ritual denied. I'm not going to make it in. Yeah, of course not. Don't right. expect. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's no. what happens with a lot of pagans. And then mm -hmm. they get angry and like, well, you won't let me off religious freedom. And they go on this whole. Yeah, no, you cannot do that, people. You need to like do like a month ahead of time. You know when your Sabbaths are. They don't change. They're, the, you know, about the same time right. every year. Um, it says now just to follow up on this, because I do want to go over a couple other things um, about like the military and things like that. Um it says an employer does not have to accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices if doing so would cause undue hardship to the employer. An accommodation may cause undue hardship if it is costly, compromises workplace safety, decreases workplace e efficiency, infringes on the rights of other employees, or requires other employees to do more work than their share of potentially hazardous or burdensome work. Now... When you talk to your employer, you do not have to discuss at the interview whether or not you're religious. No. You're not allowed to ask age, religion, family, or any of that stuff. I have interviews all the time. That's what I've done for 40 years. But after someone is hired, if they say, um, I need this date and this date and this date off for the year because those are my religious holidays, it's really difficult for an employer to say you can't have it because it impacts them. You being out sick impacts them. If you have three people in a business and one person's out, yeah, you're impacted. You don't have a choice because it takes three to run the shop and you got two out. Right. Um, if you make it way ahead of time and you explain it's a religious observance, um, educate your employer. Don't go on the defense immediately. Go in and proactively educate your employer and let your employer know very nicely, you know, these are my holidays. Is it okay if I come in a little bit late on this day because I will be up late this night celebrating this holiday? And I use Samhain because Samhain is usually one of our, our biggest, that's our high holy day. Oh, yeah. To me, Samhain is it, you know. So I have, I've had many employers over the years, and usually I've been able to say, look, November 1st, I'm going to come in half a day. I'll come in at yeah. noon. That gives me time to do my thing, wind down and try and ground and center. Yeah, that is not happening. Grounding and center itself and does not right. happen. But I know the energy is always crazy. It's, it's insane. I mean, it's crazy good, but like, you know. Yeah, it's but it's insane. Yeah. 
So you go in at noon rather than eight o'clock or whatever time you normally go in, and your employer more than likely doesn't have a problem if you don't go in there aggressively fighting for it. You just say, yeah, most oh. times they're just not. Most times they're just not educated. I mean, so don't be and and you know going back to the school thing. Your kid is probably going to be the first pagan kid that that teacher's ever come across. And maybe not, but in a lot of cases, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, so just, you know, don't be a jerk, you know. And if you do feel like you're being harassed or discriminated, always, always document things. That's always important. Find out if you're being harassed or if it's just ignorance on the part of the person. My son went to a school, an all-boys school, and um, Salwin, like I said, is always off the charts for us. So, you know, I said, well, he's not coming in on this day for religious observation. And they're like, oh, what do you do? And we're like, you know, and I educated them. And um, it was funny because the year before when they had done the – they do a round of different religions. They had never included paganism. And my son was the first one to pipe up and go, you forgot the pagans. Yeah. Thank you. That was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I know. it was not because my, my butt got I dropped. knew you had to get calls. <laughs> I always got calls from the school for my son. He was one of those kids. But um, it was okay. And then you educate them. And don't go in, you know, guns blazing. Um I went in dressed in a suit because that's how I dressed for work. I sat mm-hmm. down, I had a discussion and I was very open. And once they heard what it was, they were like, oh, okay. Well, I said, he's only going to miss that day. I mean, cause we're up very late that night celebrating. And I really don't think it's a good idea to try and get him up and bring him in when he's going to be miserable. Right. And they were like, oh, not going to okay. focus anyway. And once I got through all that, they were like, and he went to an Episcopalian school, so I'm going to put that out there. They were like, oh, well, we weren't expecting that, number one. Um, Number two, they were like, okay, well, you know, this is, I said, if you have to put him down as a day absent, just give me the work that he needs to finish that day, you know, send it home the day before. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure that the homework gets done, just like you would at any other time. Right. You have to remember, you can't go in there with an attitude. You can't go in there as pagan and proud. You go in there as a parent mm-hmm. trying to, you know, raise your child the way you want to. Please, when you go to your employer, you don't go in and beg for, I mean, if you're Muslim, you go in and you tell your employer, I have to pray five times a day at at these times, whatever it is. I need Mm -hmm. an area where I can lay my prayer rug down and kneel and say my prayer. Most employers are like, okay, um, would this, you know, would the conference room do for that? And they're like, yeah, okay, well, if we have to move you from the conference room if we're using it, would this right. room work? I mean, most employers are very accommodating if it's understood what it is. Most mm-hmm. employers, first of all, they get very offensive. And I only say that because as an accountant in small companies, I'm usually HR. I right. get offended when you come in saying, I demand, I, you don't demand when you walk in my office. That's a whole nother thing we're going to talk about. But yeah. if you come in and say, okay, I'm of this faith, I need this observation. And we're like, okay, what can we do to make it happen? 
Yeah. Because the last thing I want to do is lose an employee over something this stupid. Right. The other thing is I don't want the lawsuit that goes with it, but I need to keep this employee workable. And workable means that they'll, they'll come back the next day. So right. you want to give them a consideration. I'm not going to give you the moon and that back again because you're not going to tell me you need the Jewish holidays, the Christian holidays, and the pagan holidays off because I'm going to stop you right there because I had right. one guy try the, uh, he thought he was pagan, thought he was pagan. That was the whole thing. He didn't realize I was. And he came into the office and said, well, I need to have off. And I, I think it was Litha or Lamas, one or the other. It was summertime because I remember it was hot. And he's like, I have to have that off. And I'm like, and for? He goes, well, that's my holiday. I'm like, explain it to me. Here, me being, you know, 100% pagan, I already knew what it was. But he couldn't explain it. He couldn't tell me what it was. It was yeah. something he saw on the internet. Uh. And I'm like, um, well, what path are you affiliated with? And, he, and then he's like, what do you mean? I said, well... What's your path? Are you Druid, Pagan, Buddhist, you know? Right there, I had him because he had no idea. And he looked at me. He says, why are you questioning me? I said, because I need to know what path you are in order to know what holiday you need off. And he's yeah. like, how do you know about that? Um, I guess he didn't bother to look at my arm. I usually wear a watch, but my arm has a wonderful little tattoo on it, which is a cauldron with the triple goddess on it. And right. I was like... Um, explain this to me. Now, right. that being said, if you come in legitimately, and you don't have to give all that information, if you come in to your employer and you fill out your PTOs, which is your personal time off sheets, and you put down their religious observance, and you mm -hmm. put a date or whatever it is on there, I might question what's it called, because I, just because I'm curious as how I want to know what it is. Um, and Okay, do you need the whole day or part of the day or the day before? Now, if you're Jewish and you work retail, you need Friday to Saturday off. So you know that going into the game. Right. Um, if you're Muslim, you know you need your five times to pray time off. If you're pagan, you know what holidays you need off. Now, you don't need every full moon, every dark moon, and every Sabbath. Let's be honest, guys. Right. You go into an employer. Within reason, people. Within reason. Within reason. If you walk into an employer and you work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, they're going to look at you and go, uh, really? You can do that on the weekend. Right. Which is true because 90% of our rituals are rolled into the weekend mm -hmm. so that we can all participate. So right. keep those thoughts in mind. But you do have a legitimate beef if your boss does not let you have off for that. And you have to know the reason why. If he says, if, if you work at Halloween spirit stores and you want Halloween off, come on. Right. Reality check. Yeah. You ain't Plus, like it. a seasonal gig anyway. So if you're working there, you're working there to work during And this come on. <laughs> it's retail. And that's your biggest sale day of the year. Come right. Because you know a ton of people are buying last minute things. So before we have to wrap up here, I don't want to get hung up on just the work stuff, although it's very important. 
Um, you can also go to Lady Liberty League, I believe it is. It's headed by Selena Fox with Circle Sanctuary. And they do a lot of things. That There's a lot of good information out there. Um, there are lots of different things, such as if you want a green funeral, you have to find the state that allows it. Pagans are now big into green funerals. The mm -hmm. only one I know of that allows it is the state of Maryland. You do not have yeah. to have formaldehyde. You can have a green funeral. Um, Maine, I think you can have Viking funerals now. In yeah. Maine. Where is it at? Maine. Maine. I think some of the Great Lakes states are looking at that also. Yeah. Um, but also, I wanted to touch on some history. So, in 1985, as a result of Detmer versus Landon, the District Court of Virginia ruled that Wicca is a legally recognized religion and is afforded all the benefits accorded to it by law. This was affirmed a year later by Judge John D. Butzner, Jr., of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Um, and nevertheless, it was just saying Wiccans are sometimes still stigmatized in America and many remain secretive about their beliefs. So we understand you want to be secretive. of, And a lot of people are not out, especially, you know, being in the South. And a lot of people don't wear their pentacles at work and stuff. I never used to. I do now. I don't care. Um and, you know, and I've never been questioned about it. And some people are curious and I talk to them about it and it's fine. The easiest um, way to go for a job interview is to have something like this on your arm. Right, exactly. It doesn't work well. No, uh, yeah. Unless your boss is Lithuanian. <laughs> and then to piggyback on what you were saying, in 1985, conservative legislators in the United States introduced three pieces of legislation designed to take away the tax-exempt status of Wiccans. The first one was House um, Resolution 3389, introduced September 19th, Congressman, uh, 1985, Congressman Robert S. Walker, which would have amended to the United States Internal Revenue Code that any organization which promotes witchcraft would not be exempt from taxation. On the other side of Congress, Senator Jesse Helms added Amendment 705, the Treasury, Postal, and General Government Appropriations Bill for 1986, which similarly stated that organizations promoting witchcraft would not be eligible for tax-exempt status. After being ignored for a time, it was attached to H.R. 3036 by unanimous voice vote of the senators. Um, and then it just goes on to basically say... Um, got shot down. Yeah. It says in, let's see, but I wanted to fast forward because there's still so much that goes on, there, but there that's just the history. That was a, if you look up Detmer versus Landon, that was a very big landmark case with Wicca being recognized as, um, by the government on a federal level as a, uh, and it was recognized in the seventies on a government <laughs> level with the first 501c3. And that's right. what a lot of people don't understand, that we are recognized and that we are federally... And you have rights. So it says in... So the, the story is, and going back to you, I think you said you did prison chaplaincy yes, too, right? Yeah. Yes, they have so, to allow us in. 
Yeah, so 1985, Virginia prisoner Herbert Daniel Detmer, and this is the landmark case I was talking about, sued Robert Landon, the director of the Virginia Department of Corrections in federal court to get access to objects he claimed were necessary for his Wiccan religious practice. The district court for the Eastern District of Virginia decided in Detmer's favor, although on appeal, um, they ruled that while Wicca was a religion, he was not being discriminated against. This case marked the first legal recognition of Wicca as a religion. And some of the things he asked for are illegal in the prisons. He wanted an athame. Excuse yeah. me, you want a knife in a prison? Hello. Right. Um, right. And a wand, which also could be turned into a weapon. I mean, right. you have to understand what is. Now, I did prison ministry for quite a number of years with Rysom Ministries. And mm -hmm. we were allowed in federal and state penitentiaries to give comfort to the inmates in our religious capacity. I did a number of those in the state of Maryland. Now, I can go in and I can provide the service. Now, you've got to understand there are certain things that they are not allowed to have. Right. One of them is a knife. I don't care what you call it, Athene, bowline, or whatever. It's a knife. <clears throat> it's a weapon. Um, he was wanting an Athene. He was wanting a wand. He was, want he was wanting all kinds of stuff. Now, you have to understand that in many times, in many of the prisons, even the Jewish um, prisoners have an issue because some of the things they want cannot be provided to them because of what is limited in the prisons. Okay, right. so, you know, it's a whole nother ball of wax when you ask for what you need and you ask for what you get. Exactly. In the military, I did Fort Meade. Um, there are pagan chaplains. We got in Arlington, yoo-hoo, we went and fought that battle. We can have the pentacle on uh, the grave sites at Arlington. That was a major, major fight that went through the court system because they told us we were not a recognized religion. Excuse me, we were recognized in the 70s. Yeah. We fought it, we won. Mm -hmm. So in your certain cemetery, now this is where the problem comes in. If you have a Christian cemetery, first of all, why would you want to be buried there? But I understand if your family's there and all that, I get it. Right. You want a pentacle. You have to make sure that you're allowed to do that because they have certain rules and regulations. You cannot go beyond their rules. If they say you can't have anything standing, like my dad is buried, they can only have the plaques that's set into the ground. Mm -hmm. They can't have anything above the ground because yeah. when the mowers come across, they just take everything. Okay, so I couldn't put a big heart on his cemetery yes. plot because they don't allow it so i would they wouldn't care if it was christian jewish or whatever you can't right. have it don't go in asking for something you know you can't have if they have the gravestones or headstones or whatever you want to call them then yes you can have one now what are their requirements do they have to be this size by this size and they give you requirements for a reason it's usually because of keeping of the upkeep what it costs to upkeep it like the raised headstones they told us um, where my father was buried were not conducive because nobody there had them. And then that way they could just run the 
the lawnmowers over top of things and keep things down. If I wanted him to have a headstone, I had to bury him in this other place. Now, my father was Christian, so okay, there was no problem. Now, if you're going to sit there and argue that being pagan, you're in the wrong. Right, exactly. Because you have um, to follow the rules everybody else follows. But yeah. if you're denied what everybody else is, then you have a gripe. Right. Um, and we, and you know, it wasn't that, it wasn't that, I mean, and we're still fighting. If you look at, you know, I wanted to touch on some of the military aspects being, you know, military brats. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were just able to get the pinnacle on the veteran headstones. Yeah, and, um, so to lead into that really quickly before we wrap up here, U.S. Army Chaplain Captain Captain Don Larson was dismissed from his post in Iraq in 2006 after changing his religious affiliation from Pentecostal Christianity to Wicca and applying to become the first Wiccan military chaplain. His potential new endorser, the Sacred Well Congregation based in Texas, was not yet an officially recognized endorsement organization for the military. And upon hearing of his conversion, his prior endorser, the chaplaincy of full gospel churches, immediately revoked its endorsement. At this point, the U.S. Army was required to dismiss him from chaplaincy, despite an exemplary service record. Now, that's the same thing as going from Pentecostal to Catholicism. He would have had mm -hmm. the same thing happen. Why? Because he violated the rules. The rules said you come in as Pentecostal, you stay Pentecostal. He changed in midstream. Even if he had went to Catholicism, which we know is accepted in the military, my God, he would have still run into the same problem. Now, yep, and he was going with a group that wasn't a 501c3. And he said, it said prior to 2007, the United States Army, uh, the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, VA, did not allow the use of the pinnacle as an approved emblem of belief on headstones and markers in military cemeteries. This policy was changed in April 2007 to settle a lawsuit, which was Patrick Helena Fox. <laughs> yep, for Patrick's for credit, yes. Yes. He fought it with he, the ACLU, and believe it or not, there were Corellians on board with that one. Yep, and um, it was, I think, 11 families that were several, several years. Um, yes, it was originally Patrick Stewart was the the, the head person that they the had. There was yeah. a, a wife of one of the, if you're married to military and they get buried at Arlington, you also have the right to be buried at Arlington of your career. She was pagan. He was not. He had the cross. Jan and I can't. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I, I, I have the. It was I, Jan something. I really feel bad. I can't remember. But she was denied at first, but then they ultimately, when they did Patrick Stewart, they did hers also. So yeah, I, also. I, I, I had it earlier. I don't have it. I can't it remember. Now. I know it was Jan. Because she waited nine, nine years. Nine years. She, he had the cross. And she had to yep. wait to get the pentacle. 
and I read it. It was nine years. She was buried nine years next to him. He had the cross, and it was nine years before that she, she had nothing the, before she got the pinnacle. Right. But once it was clarified and done, then there was a ritual. Died. Now, when you go into the military, you can say you're pagan. You will get the pentacle on your dog tags. You will get the pentacle on your grave at Arlington if you're career military. If you only serve your, you know, your one tour, um, you don't get it. As far as other cemeteries are concerned, you have to look at the cemetery itself. And They're privately right. They're privately owned. If you're in a private cemetery that is strictly Jewish, you are not going to get a crucifix on your right. headstone. You're not going to get a cross on your headstone because it's all. And it's crazy that I read they had like the Unitarian Universalist trellis. They had 16 variations of the cross, mm -hmm. but up until 2007, they didn't have a pinnacle. I'm yeah. still waiting for the damn pinnacle emoji under the under the religious emojis. They're yeah. still not yeah. a damn pinnacle. There's um, that. No, we're working on that one. We're fighting that one. But as a parent, as an adult, and as a civic leader, you have to decide what your battles are. And this right. is my biggest crutch tonight. If it becomes a battle, if it becomes to the point where you need to say this is wrong and you need to make sure that you followed everything, just as if you were, say, Catholic in a Jewish organization or Jewish in a Catholic organization. The reason I use those two terms is because everybody understands those two terms and they understand the vast majority of people under those two terms. Right. Then you need an attorney. Um, actually, Dana L Ellers, and I, I know I'm saying his name wrong. I swear I know I am. I just know it. Eilers, Ellers. Um, you can go to the ACLU and they will pro bono look at you and see whether or not you have a case and whether or not they're going to take it on. That's what Selena Fox did. It was Selena Fox um, Sanctuary uh, Circle along with the ACLU. Put yeah, in the Circle lawsuit. Sanctuary. Circle yeah, Sanctuary. Circle, yeah. And, and then also something I didn't know too that I wanted to touch on that I didn't realize the VA also added the hammer of Thor yes, to the yes. list of the emblems in May of 2013. I did not know that they're adding more and more as more and more come up. Now they're yeah. not going to add everybody's like, I doubt if you see a Corellium up there, I really do. Oh, but, but how cool would that be? That's a thought. <laughs> that's a thought. But you have to understand that they're going to do major symbols. The pentacle right. with the main pantheons. Symbol. They're going to do pantheons, right? Once we got the pentacle in and we got okay, then that opened the door for many of the other symbols to come in. But you have to pick your battles. And what your battle is, you have to make sure you followed the rules and you understand the rules. Like I said, you can't be working in an all-Jewish organization and say, I want all the Jewish holidays off and the Catholic holidays off. That does not work. Right. You have to, if you're going to ask, you have to give. I've worked Christmas more times than I can tell you because I don't celebrate it. I celebrate Yule. My kids celebrated Yule. So if I worked for the Jewish Times, yeah, I went in on Christmas and, and did an eight-hour eight day like I always do. 
Not an um, option for me. We're closed. <laughs> some businesses are closed, and that's what you've got to look at, too. If your business is physically closed on those days, when you ask for other days off, you have to see how it's going to impact your business. If right. you're retail, Yule is out of the question. Yeah. Because Yule is four days before Christmas. It is mm -hmm. not going to happen. If yeah. you're not retail and you work in the business sector, you might be able to get that day off. How important is it to you? You have to be willing to concede, okay, I'll take this day, but I'll work this day. Right. So if you want Samhain off bad enough, it's usually not around too many holidays. You can usually slide that one by. If you want Yule, you better be willing to work Christmas because that is not your holiday. Right. So you have to decide what it is you want. And I know it's a tough decision, but you need to sit down now. If this is your chosen path and you want to make this your chosen path, then you need to sit down and decide what holidays do you absolutely need off. Remember, most of our stuff happens at night, happens on the weekend, just like the Christians and the Jews. So yeah. what days do you really and truly need off? I guarantee you. The day after Samhain is a day you might want to really consider. November yeah. 1st is a day off because, let's face it. My two main ones I try to do are Samhain and Yule. Like the, the day after Samhain and, and Yule. Yeah, the day after Samhain, I usually almost always take a half a day. Because I'm usually up late or I'm usually out at Jacksonville and I have to drive four hours home. So sometimes I'm driving home and going to work. But... You have to decide and you have to understand if you make that stance, you're going to be required something else. Any of the Jews who want their Jewish holidays off have to be willing to work the Christian holidays and vice versa. I worked at the Jewish Times. Now, we were very fortunate. Um, at that time, our um, publisher let us off for the Jewish holidays and the Christian holidays. Now, my holiday, the only one I really needed off was a half a day the day after Samhain. And my boss was like, take the whole day. Sure. <laughs> so I was very fortunate at that time because I worked for a religious organization who understood religious holidays. He says, what about the rest of your holidays? I said, really? They happen on the weekend or in the evening. And I'm, I'm able to get home in a decent enough time to go to sleep and come to work. I said, but that one is, that one's a hard one to get away with because Samhain is, it's not so much the ceremonies and the rituals, it's the after effect that you have right. to come down from. And it's so much energy, absolutely. It is, it is crazy. So uh, I said, I need a half a day. And he's like, take the whole day. And I was gifted that. Now, right. if I had to work one of the Christian holidays or one of the Jewish holidays, it was not a big deal. I got my holiday off, but he could not require me to work four or five other holidays for my one day off. I worked one day. Yeah. Now, he one thing I wanted to, yeah, go ahead. He just let me have the whole day off and just, that was it. Right. And you so said. So it's just reason. I just wanted to wrap up here. Um, but I wanted to, so basically the point is we, we do still go through discrimination and there's nothing wrong with standing up for ourselves. Um, there was just a couple quick examples. Uh, early as 2019, 
Uh, Pauline Hoffman sued St. Bonaventure University, which is in Allegheny, New York, um, after she allegedly was forced to resign as dean due to her religion. Um, St. Boniface, so it's Catholic, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing by the name. I think Bonaventure, I'm just saying. Bonaventure is a, a Catholic saint. I thought, yeah, that's, I mean, I figured saint, it's, <laughs> but she was a Wiccan professor. Um, and yeah, and, um, and again, in 2019, a man was arrested in uh, Tennessee, I think it was uh, doo -doo -doo, Grand Forks, um, oh, in 2018, I think. Um, for trying to stab a woman because she was a witch and he had to slay her. So, I mean, there's crazies. We still go through discrimination, especially being in the South. Um, you know, people think that we're evil, devil-worshipping, baby you know, eaters. I've had no discrimination in the six years I've lived here. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had much, but it happens where... I've had more up North than I've yeah. had down here. And I don't know if it's, and I mean, I, I have tattoos. I wear the shirts. I mean, you can't. It could also be where you live too. Cause you're like on the beachy sort of side. Right. But I lived in Baltimore and I had a, a, a ton that I had to deal with and it was vicious. I mean, absolutely where people were out to get me. You mm -hmm. have to understand if you follow the rules and you do everything you're supposed to and you have a problem there are recourses for that um human resources has to respect your religion if they don't you go down don't go down with guns blazing go down paperwork in hand yeah I mean, everything. here it is you know give them the information educate them this is a perfect time you might be the only pagan they've ever met how are they going to walk away from this meeting? Right. I've always gone in. Don't, no, don't be a detriment to the community. Be an advocate. Yeah, don't, don't kill us before we get there. But go right. in, educate them. Make sure you have your facts in line. The, I tell you, I had someone come in who was, quote, unquote, a Satanist. I actually have worked with them before. And he went on and on about stuff. And I said, dude, I don't know who you studied under, but you have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you're, you're just discriminatory. Uh, hon, I'm not discriminatory. Did you notice the tattoo on my arm? I'm a pagan. Yes. And I'm telling you, you're full of it. So you need to take a walk or you need to reevaluate your life. Don't come on with stuff you can't back up. If you're part of a 501c3, bring that paperwork in. It's very simple. If you don't have it, call the head of your organization, say, I need something on letterhead that says I'm part of you guys. Yeah. It's required. And it's not, it's not, um, and it's a case by case basis because not everyone is a part of a tradition or a 501c3. And a lot of you are solitaire, eclectic. And we're talking more along the lines of like, if you're having to go to court and legalities wise, the legality, the legal writing anything already set up against us. I've been right. in custody cases. I've been called in as the minister in custody cases. I've sat on that witness stand and I've had to prove that I was a pagan minister. Mm -hmm. I mean, good grief. Yeah. But in the same token, you can't go off 
posing. Right. You have to be careful what you say. If you're solitary, it's going to be 10 times harder to prove. That's one of the advantages of being with a group. A disadvantage is you can't do your own thing all the time. So you have to weigh your pros and cons before you go in. Go in as probably the only pagan these people are ever going to see in their lifetime. How are you going to leave them? If you leave them with like, wow, she was really educated. She knew her stuff. And yeah, yeah. we had to give it to her because she was legitimate. Or is it going to be, man, she was way out of line. She was out of control. She couldn't deal with it. I'm not dealing with this person. Right. I've had both people come to me yeah. as human resources. And I will tell you, I listen, but because I am pagan, I have that advantage of knowing if you're throwing me a lot of hay or if you're throwing me a lot of real stuff. Right. Make sure you have your, your ducks in a row. If you have to go to the school, most of the time you just pull your kid out. You don't worry about it. You don't have to say anything. Ah. They were out this day religious observance to send the note in. No big deal. Right. If your kid is going to, my kids went to Catholic or Episcopalian schools because in Maryland they were the best education. I had to be real careful when I pulled them out because I had to decide which are the holidays that I really felt like they could miss a day of school on. Like any parent, you've got to weigh the situation. Don't go in. With, well, I'm pagan. They're going to have off every full moon, every new moon. No, 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 no. Come on, let's be real about yeah. this. Think about it. You have so to come is... in intelligently. Um, the biggest problem we have as pagans is for a very, very long time back in the day, um, pagans were the dregs of society. Only the people who were outcasts. They failed out of every other religion. They failed in their life. They Now they're pagan. That's kind of how we were saw because that's kind of how we're, a lot of us were. So you have to, you know, now we have doctors, lawyers, psychiatrists. We have all of these, I don't know, I guess learned people who are now part of this group who you can come out and say, well, hey, I'm not the only one. Back in the day, the only people who were pagan were either the dregs of society are those that are on the outskirts, you know, because you were considered weird or whatever. It's more open today. Pick your battles. Decide what you're going to do. If you just wanted your kid to celebrate, I don't know, Lamas is coming up. You want to celebrate Lamas. You want him to miss a day of school. He was out for religious observance Sunday then. See what they say. If they call you on it, then you go in and talk about it. They'll probably put it in as an excused absence. No big deal. He does the work. You're over it. Yeah. And we understand people needing to, if you're, if you're still in the situation where you're in the broom closet and you need to stay in the, we totally get that. But if you're, you know, otherwise I'm to the point where I'm like, let that witch flag fly. <laughs> yeah. And seriously, if you're in any kind of situation where it comes to custody and that sort of thing, really listen to your attorney and tell yes. your attorney how you feel because well, you can look up there was quite a few cases about that oh, when i was researching yeah i got about the mom being wiccan and witch and yeah there was quite a few so you guys yeah. can google those but um but, but yeah you've got to decide what is your battle going to be today i got called in on a child custody case as the minister and it was like ooh, poo. now yeah. this is the one thing i'm going to caution you about if you're called in 
you have to dress the part, which means, yeah, you get to wear these wonderful little clerics with the little colors, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to present yourself and your credentials. If you don't have your credentials, don't present yourself. Right. Because on a witness stand, I was absolutely amazed at the questions they asked me. 90% of them had nothing to do with my faith path, but had to do with me as a person. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're not putting me on trial here. Mm -hmm. You're deciding custody. And it, it got to the point where I actually had to say to the judge, um, who, what are we deciding in the court? Because right. I got confused. But right. you have to make sure you understand. If you feel you've been discriminated, if you feel that there's a true need, the ACLU is there to help you. Circle Sanctuary is there to help you. Um, Liberty Dana is yeah. there to help you. But you have to have a legitimate case. And yes. you had to follow the rules. 90% of these cases, and I'm going to tell you flat out, are not able to be you know, fought or stood up against because you didn't follow the rule. Right. It's real simple. Just like anybody else in the world, you're given a rule book. When you step outside of that, you're not covered. If you follow the rules and you do everything you're supposed to do, then you have a problem, then you have an issue you can take up with. But if you don't follow the rules, it's not going to happen. It's yep. very important for you to make sure, and I know that we're, Sometimes we're pagans are a little hot-headed and we're a little, I don't know, how can we say, enthusiastic? Yeah. We're putting it. Um, pagan and proud and loud. You have to take it down a notch. You have to come into the situation as you would as if you were Catholic, Jewish, or Christian. Right. If you come in under that guise and you come in prepared and you come in not, I'm not saying you have to drag yourself on the floor and be humble. I'm saying you've got to come in prepared. And you have to understand the questions they're going to ask. They're asking legitimate questions. If it gets beyond that, and that's when you say, excuse me, I need to get an attorney. And that's right. when you go somewhere else. But don't make these impossible demands. They need full moon, dark moon, and all the Sabbaths. All. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. So that's basically what we wanted to touch on tonight. We thought that was important, but Pagans and the Law, I'm going to have to get that book. There was also another one that I saw that was similar. I think if you go to, if you search Pagans and the Law, you'll see, I think it was a related book that was recommended um, that I'm going to have to look up. But There's one recommended on the back. It's called Practical Pagan. Oh, okay. Cool. Did I get that up there? Yeah. Um, this this had to do, it was another law book, but um, so I'll have to make sure that I get that and read that because that's interesting. Many, many books are coming out now because we're, yeah. there's a whole bunch of us now and we're actually coming out of the closet. Oh my. And so there's more and more books. This is the first one. This gives you a basic understanding and they go over some of the cases and they go over a bunch of different things so that you have a, enough variety that if you feel you have a problem, then you know where to go the next step. Right. But again, you have to make sure you are following the rules first. Right. And I can't emphasize that enough because I've heard so many pagans say, well, this, this, and it. Well, did you do this? No. Did you do right. this? Well, no. Well, 
Where did you follow the rules? Well, I don't, yeah, you do have to, just like everybody else. In the workplace, whoever puts in to get off, regardless, it's seniority. Do you have the time to get off? I mean, there's- yes, It all depends on, right, like, like we everybody said. Everybody else. Yep. Put just in like, day off. Yeah, just like we said before, it's just going to depend, you know, on your state, on your, you know, your job. It's so many different factors. So just look and see what it is, you know, within reason. Don't do it the night before. Right. Like and said. I think your generation is the first one to really experience a lot more openness than my generation. So it's like you guys need to educate yourself. Everything, I can't believe it. Everything is now on the Internet. That is like you know you guys don't understand before the internet we had to actually go into libraries and try and find this crap um, you can really now get into it and go and move on from there so I really encourage you all to look in your state legislatures and look at your state see what your state allows and not allows if you feel you've been discriminated against if you feel you really have a case the best test is the ACLU yeah if you fly, you fly. If you don't, you'll know why. <laughs> there you go. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So, guys, if you want to do it, if you want to make that stand, make that stand. But make sure you follow the rules when you do it, just like everybody else. You're not exempt from any of the rules just because you're pagan. Exactly. And um, I wanted to go over, so we did not have a winner again this week, unfortunately. <laughs> No, what's going on, you guys? I always, and we have comments going, and I'm not getting emails, so we gotta, come on, if there's something else you guys want, if you're not into the mugs, you gotta let us know, um, but that's, that's what we got for now, we're trying to get those mugs out first, so email, the keyword this week is gonna be freedom, Freedom is the keyword of the week. Email teatimemc at gmail.com, T-H-Y-M-E-M-C at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page, Tea Time with Mother and Crone, and our YouTube channel. All you have to do is like and subscribe. If we have multiple entries, we'll put you on the spinny wheel and draw randomly, and we'll announce the winner on next week's show. And... As always, it's fun. And we get them out that week. I think everybody's got their mugs so far. Yep, everyone has their mugs so far. I still okay. have to get the uh, out. Yes. You got your mug. I want to see a picture. Just, oh, it doesn't yes. have to be your face. It can be like this, you know. Oh, yeah, that would even be funny if we just did these things. Just these things so you can guess who we are. Obviously, I have my it shirt It would be kind of fun to start a game like that. Yeah, but then just post, but just post them on our Facebook page. And um, if you want to say, like, what state you're in, that would be kind of cool to see where you're from. You don't have to. And like I said, you don't have to have your face if you want to do, like, a picture of, you know, next to a book or whatever. And also, if you have something that you want to know about, such as pagans in the law, or there's a topic that you felt has not been covered in depth and you want some more information, please jump on our Facebook page and let us know because we'll research it. We Absolutely. Everything. Yes. Um, there's a tea. If there's an herb or a tea, you know, we've done several requests and, and 
we will do them. And we'll get it all together, but let us know. Otherwise, we don't know. And then we go on with these classes and nobody likes them. So yeah. um, we'll be putting out our July schedule um, coming up. We're going to sit down and figure out what we're going to talk about in July. So if you yeah. have a subject that you want to hear about in July or, or August or even September, which really isn't that far away, shoot us a line or two and say, I'd like to know more about um, July's coming up. Our next holiday would be Lamas. And you want to say the, the Celtic word? L Lunasa. <laughs> Thank you. Lunasa. Um, it's loaf mass because they actually, the Catholic church still blesses the, there's certain churches that still do the blessings of the bread. If you bring it in, um, that mm -hmm. weekend, believe it or not, St. Elizabeth Hungary in Baltimore still does it. So if we're going to be doing a little bit on that coming up later um, in the next couple shows. But if there's something more you want to know or anything, any question you have, it can be, don't worry about how silly it is because your question is something somebody else won't ask. Exactly. And this week's um, little affirmation quote thingy from my tea is... It is the light in the lantern which shows you the path, not the lantern. So I thought that was good. That's an interesting thought. So keep that in mind. We'll see you all next week. Um, who knows what we're going to talk about next week. It'll come to us sometime during the week. Yes. So um, don't forget Virtual Circle is this week with uh, the Strawberry Full Moon, which has an interesting story behind it. If you show up for a virtual circle in Strawberry Moon, you're going to hear a cute little story behind that one. And it may have passed by the time you see this, which will be no, Sunday. Like, um, yeah, our ritual doesn't start till like 9 o'clock. Um, but if you're watching us now, you'll if you're watching us now on Wednesday, Thursday yeah. night, and if not, you can always catch us on the loop at on YouTube. The replay. Yep, Re YouTube, it's virtual circle. And um, where are we at? Because I can. You're on Facebook. There's also a Facebook group for Virtual Circle. No, I so. mean for our group. If you want to get our shows, you go on Tea Time at any. Oh yeah, I already went through that. Tea Time with Mother and Crone on Facebook, and then YouTube is also Tea Time with Mother and Crone, and you can like and subscribe and do the little bell um, to get notifications when we're doing this live on Wednesday or Thursday. Catch us there and we'll see you on the next show. Blessed be and y'all have a great week. All right. Blessed be.